Welcome to Promo Cares Radio, where we dive into the good being done in the promotional products industry. From general philanthropy to cause marketing to giving programs, we're here to shine a light on those inspiring stories that are helping to improve the world through promo. And now, Promo Cares Radio with your host, Roger Burnett. This is Promo Cares Radio. My name is Roger Burnett, co-founder and president of Promo Cares and VP of Sales and Marketing for Branded Logistics. Promo Cares is a 100% volunteer initiative created to lift up and recognize companies in the promotional products industry using their businesses as superpowers for social good. We help suppliers, distributors, service providers, and end buyers alike become a bridge for positive social impact. We do this through best practice sharing, online and offline collaboration efforts, and helping organizations with their give back work by marketing their efforts and telling their stories. I'm delighted to welcome you to a Promo Cares Radio party today. I'm here in Raleigh, North Carolina with my partner in goodness, co-founder of promotional products distributor Brandfuel, current PPI, PPAI, and American Marketing Association board member, Promo Kitchen co-founder, and last but not least, co-founder with me in Promo Cares, Mr. Danny Rosen. I have the repeated good fortune of benefiting from Danny's experience in founding and growing the nonprofit Band Together North Carolina, which has given away more than $8 million to local charities in the Triangle area of North Carolina, and our shenanigans often find us across the stage from a band listening to something amazing, just like we did last night. Welcome, Dan. Welcome to be here. Glad to be here. I can't even speak, uh-huh. but I'm I'm so pumped to be here, man. Man, we had Here's a good a time. Guy. We did a little His Golden Messenger, Trampled yeah. by Turtles. Right Check on. those bands out, yep. right? And if that wasn't enough goodness, I'm also joined by Denise Tashiro, CEO and co-founder of Fairware Promotional Products in Vancouver, specializing in custom branded sustainable products. Fairware serves recognized brands across North America, including Avita, Ben and Jerry's. Patagonia, Van City, Mountain Equipment Co-op, Nature's Path Foods. Woo! Man, Fairware is known for its strong commitment to ethical sourcing, along with environmental and social justice campaigns to ensure that any supporting promotional products, gifts, incentives, stuff with logos align with the client's values. Previous to launching Fairware, Denise was the Director of Sustainability and Community for Mountain Equipment Co-op, overseeing their national sustainability efforts and community giving programs. Welcome, Denise. Yeah. (laughs) So make sure you say hi to the people, Denise. Hey, folks. (laughs) And those are just my co-hosts. So let's get to today's guest, Christina Noel. Inspired by the question, what would you do with your life if you didn't have to worry about money? Christina's company, Art Vendors, was created to share stories of people using their talent to change the world. The name is inspired by Dr. Martin Luther King's quote, the arc of moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. By exploring different change makers, their stories and paths to becoming an arc vendor, the objective is to inspire other people to start their own journey to become an arc vendor. She is also the co-founder of the North Carolina B Corp, a group of business leaders dedicated to using business as a force for good, and in 2015, she was given the B Corps MVP Award, given annually to the single person worldwide, worldwide, who made the most contributions to the B Corps movement for her leadership in community building. 
So it's no surprise that today's topic is a unique designation available to business today, that being called B Corp. At PromoCares, we immediately recognize the correlation between the efforts behind the B Corporation movement and Denise, given Fairware's designation as a B Corp, I couldn't think of a better co-host for this topic than you. Christina has a deep background in B Corp and all that encompasses becoming one. And Denise shares Christina's background in this discipline. So bringing everyone together to introduce this topic to the broader PromoCares community seemed like a no-brainer to me. But having said that, I know very little about this, so I'm turning it over to Danny and Denise, and I'm just going to sit here and cheerlead. So Danny, the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks, Roger. So let's just get into this, Christina. Let's talk about uh, B Corporations, what it is, how do you become one, why it's important. Go. Okay. So B Corp certification is to an entire company what USDA organic certification is to coffee or fair trade certification is to coffee. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, so B Corp certification is also a movement. So it's a movement of business leaders that believe business can and should be used as a force for good. So to become a certified B Corp, you take something called the B Impact Assessment. It is free online for anyone to take it, just in case you're interested in learning more. And to get certified, you have to get a score of 80 out of 200 points. One thing that's worth mentioning is essentially the assessment is meant to reward every possible great thing you can do with your company. And it measures how your whole company operates and whether or not you maximize not just shareholder value, but stakeholder value. And so stakeholders include your community, the environment, your employees, your governance structure, so do you run your business ethically, and it really is a whole snapshot of how you run your organization. So B Corps, and the move towards B Corps is really about creating great overall businesses and not just great products. That's awesome. So um, real quick, where, where would someone go to find information about this assessment and more about the B Corp group? So you can go to www.bcorporation.net. That's, I'm going to have to fact check that. And on there, they also have, there's a www.bimpactassessment.net as well. But you can learn more about the B Corp movement. Right now, there's over 2,500 B Corps actually worldwide. As you can tell, we have mm -hmm. Denise from Canada. And... Um, on the website, they, they actually walk you through the whole process. Because one thing that I didn't mention is not only do you have to do the assessment, but one thing that can be a challenge and definitely takes buy-in is you actually have to bake in your values into your organization as well. So they ask that you not just take this assessment to become certified, but you actually change your corporate governing documents to say that you're committed to maximizing stakeholder value. So essentially that you commit deeply and within your systems to changing the world. Yeah, so fi fix the inside before you can fix the outside to some extent. So um, let's talk about types of questions, and let's talk about types of questions that are asked in the assessment so people know, is this something I could do? Um, should I do this? Yeah, do I even have a shot to get to 80, or like, <laughs> yeah. where am I going to go? And in relation to our industry, because it's so product-driven, um, and I think that's a, a core issue and challenge for us, and an opportunity in this case. Sure. So... Especially as suppliers, the B Corp assessment is going to ask a lot of questions about, about your actual suppliers. So how do you create your products? Um, one of the ways, one of the biggest ways to change the world is actually to support other socially responsible businesses. So it's going to ask you about how do you choose your suppliers? Do you have 
preferences or do you give preference to women and minority-owned businesses? Um, do you actually audit your suppliers? So are you supplying from a sweatshop that is operates in dangerous conditions? Or do you actually go in and do compliance? Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's about who are you working with? What is the impact that you have on the environment? Because as you're creating products, as you know, there can be a major environmental impact. Mm -hmm. But then what's great about the assessment is there's a lot you can learn from it, too. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. companies out there that have great case studies that share best practices, and you can go a little bit deeper into how to improve. That's fantastic. So full disclosure, um, Brand Fuel went through this many years ago. Uh, gosh, I want to say six, seven, eight years ago when it was early in the movement. And um, I think the point scales up to 200. I think you've got to get 80. And, um, and we ended up with a 69. Um, and it was, uh, it was eye-opening for us. Uh, it was eye-opening because um, as a distributor that you know, thought we were doing a lot of things right, we realized we weren't. Um, and so I think to your point, we realized that we had to make some changes, not so we could be recognized as a B Corp, and we're not right now, but we made a lot of those changes, structural changes. And, and I will say, um, for us at the time especially, um, there was an issue with regards to our supply chain. We didn't know where things were coming from. We didn't know if they were safe when they were coming into the marketplace. And, and not only was that concerning for us, um, but it was a real red flag in terms of um, you know, what we needed to do to change and how to change it when we, it really wasn't trans, as transparent as it is today. So um, we've made some adjustments, and, and I, I would encourage anybody to look at uh, the B Corp movement and, and see if that assessment is right for you, um, because even if you don't sign on, there's a lot of really great things you'll find out about your organization where there are gaps. Let's shift gears to Denise, though. Um, you have done this. You have gone through it. Um, we know there's a process. I think it's every two years, uh, an audit that you go through. Let's talk about that process in terms of how hard it was and, and also what do companies, distributors and suppliers or industry need to look out for if they're going to decide to go through this certification process? Um. You know, I think, so we've gone through three certifications, um, three rounds. We've been a B Corp since we started in 2010. I think our first certification was 2011. And it gets a little bit harder every time. They actually have been morphing the assessment year over year as they learn and adapt. Um, and we found that it's actually getting harder, not easier. Um, and, you know, it is hard, but hard is so relative, right? Like if you can hit home runs and you're, beer league softball team um and you've grown up playing baseball it's, it's not it's not gonna be so hard you know whereas if you haven't played a stitch of baseball in your life and suddenly you find yourself in the on a beer league team you're just trying to like hit the ball when you're yeah. sitting at play you know it's it really depends on where you are it's almost with anything i think some of the big learnings for us and some some of what to understand about b corp and i think why it's such a robust framework and such a useful framework to truly differentiate companies is it is all-encompassing and you know we heard about all the buckets that um that it addresses it's very different than for example a lot of people in our industry are certified women-owned or you know certified minority-owned and you know my business partner came home from a supplier diversity summit yesterday and mentioned that a, a major Canadian corporation made the comment that you can get your diversity certification and it doesn't mean that you understand or bought into 
diversity and inclusion as an important strategic element of your business. And, and I think that's true with a lot of certifications. You can kind of check a few boxes, you get the little, you know, logo to put on your website. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's your ethos. It's how you run your business and it's a strategic priority. Whereas it's difficult to go through B Corp um, certification because of all of the touch points it has and not come out the other end and, and, have it be really baked into your strategy, baked into what you do as a company. So in that sense, it's not for the faint of heart, but um, the flip side is, is it provides a great roadmap of where your gaps are. So, you know, Fairware, we actually are really great on supply chain. That's been our, our mojo since day one. We've had an approach, we've had a formal assessment process, whether it's partnering brands to go in and audit factories, or more often simply a supplier code of conduct and a survey that we have every vendor sign off on. Um, that's that's our strong point. So we were okay there. But there are these gaping holes of nothingness that we discovered when we went through the process. And ironically, given today's conversation, charitable contributions and community engagement and community involvement, we were doing so ad hoc, like it was so ad hoc for us. We had nothing down, we had no policies, we weren't tracking anything, and and that was an area that we had to shore up. So it's hard in that it identifies um, a broad range of things, and, and I think at the first cut, it would be difficult to imagine a company that could go in and get a lot of points in every bucket. You're going to be strong in some areas, you're going to be weak in others, and, and it just becomes almost a strategic plan for your company to be better and do better. And that's what we've appreciated about it um, over the years. Um, I do I do want to make a point that without getting into the specifics of, you know, you're recycling weight or are you tracking your energy usage and your climate footprint, the one thing that I've always loved about B Corp is it makes you measure, track, and build systems. Like it makes you systematize things. And we've always been kind of nerdy about that at, at Fairware. So I think it, it, it suited us well in terms of tracking, monitoring, documentation, you know, operational kind of documents and protocols. And I heard uh, someone from the Business Development Bank of Canada um, speaking to why they're really focused on investing in and supporting B Corp businesses as a bank. And the guy's like, it's just proxy for competence. Like when we walk into small companies who are B Corps, they have their act together. Like they can pull out data. They've got like at their fingertips, they have information and they have access to what you might need to make a great strategic, well thought out decision because B Corp makes you, you just get in the habit of measuring and monitoring. And, and that's been really useful for us beyond the environmental or the social mission that, um, B Corp reports. It's just, I think, made us a better company in terms of being uh, on top of our numbers and on top of our data tracking. Mm. Are there any um, Are there any red flags for our industry that, I mean, you see that are concerning for you as someone who really takes this mission and these principles um, incredibly um, seriously? Any major red flags for distributors or suppliers? Um, yeah, I mean, I think. I think red flags for the industry general, um, you know, not so much related to to B Corp, but I think the, you know, promo cares has been such an exciting development. I think the idea of cause marketing and aligning your brand or your distributorship or suppliership 
with a cause or an issue and really digging into that is encouraging. And, and I think those are the things that are going to insulate our industry um, into the future because the marketplace is changing. Uh, the, the thing that I I heard at a, uh, an event last year that really struck with me as a truth bomb um, is the idea that the future isn't going to be one with your products. The future is going to be one with your information. And that information could be the data or the information could be the stories. So it might be that we've been working on our, you know, the data would be that I can tell you what our greenhouse gas footprint is as a company and how it's changed over 10 years. The story is, I can tell you the story about um, the worker that made that product, or I can tell you the story of, you know, our our commitment to social hiring and, and that person's life and how we've changed it. And so, you know, that's what's going to win in the future. And you can't have that kind of transparency without really opening up as an industry and having conversations about where things are coming from and how they're made and sharing the story. So when we work with our suppliers and we pick up the phone, um, I really see that there's two types of um, suppliers in the industry. There's folks where it's, it's, you know, an awkward silence and they're not ready. They're not ready to have those conversations. They don't think it's any of my business where their stuff is coming from. They don't think it's any of my business, whether it's third party tested for product safety. Like we still have those awkward conversations. And then what we feel is increasingly we're, you know, suppliers who are picking up the phone and they're like, we want, you to help tell our story. We want to understand how we can be better. And we're willing to kind of open the kimono a little bit. And we know that we're not perfect. And you know that we're not perfect. And I think what's been really illuminating to people in our industry is understanding that our clients know we're not perfect. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So going to them, I mean, I was at a meeting yesterday with a major beer brand and we were talking about packaging. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, stuff is overpackaged. I'm not going to pretend. I'm like, you know how we deal with it sometimes? We ship it, we stage it, we unpackage it in a facility where we know at least it's going to go into recycling. And then we send them the stuff with less packaging. And and like just that kind of honesty, no one's going to halo in any industry. So I think that's that's what I've seen. Like there's this risk of keeping everything you know, closed and tight and not having these conversations, not sharing the information, the data and having that transparency in our industry. That's the biggest risk. But the flip side is, is I'm seeing it crack open more and more. So, yeah. Are there any suppliers you would say are doing a really fantastic job um, trying to do the right thing? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of smaller scale suppliers. Uh, you know, I think of Raining Rose, a lip balm mm-hmm. company um, or somewhere in the middle of America. Uh-huh. And uh, this is my Canadian you know, sorry. <laughs> sorry she failed sure geography. Right. Okay, fair enough. She <laughs> failed American geography. They're awesome. They're a B Corp. Um, really get it. Really, you know, trying to drive change through their business um, processes and, and brand. And we love working with them. Blooming, there's these kind of niche mm-hmm. suppliers. In terms of the bigger um, bigger suppliers, um, pretty excited to see what Sanmar is doing out of Seattle uh, in their supply chain, their transparency. They came out with a CSR report, which I feel like is one of the more robust corporate social responsibility reports in the industry. So their Port Authority, their district line, again, conventional materials. It's not like they're suddenly making everything out of organic cotton. Um, but what they're doing is is telling the story. 
of what they're trying to do in the communities they're working, the struggles they're having, they're being authentic, they're being honest. I was super impressed at the PPI show this year with their presentation. StormTech, which is a Canadian outerwear brand, is phasing out some very problematic chemicals in their outerwear treatment. Um, and, you know, that kind of makes things waterproof, essentially. Uh, so there's things happening. There's little pockets. And in fact, I was just looking at a supplier that we don't even use. They're out of the U.S. They're called Landway. And they've got some great outerwear. And I was looking at it and I was like, oh, I got to call these guys and have that sometimes awkward conversation yeah. of here's who we are and you're about to get a survey. And right on the front of their catalog, they have all of their social compliance frameworks, certifications, like it's baked into the catalog now. And it's almost like I can just, it's like a sigh of relief. Like they get it, they're doing it, they're engaged, they have the systems and they're confident enough to start talking about it in their catalogs. And right away, like I'll literally turn to my team and say, I think we have another vendor we're going to onboard. Like I think these guys are going to be great because I just know, um, I know they've got it. So there definitely are some folks, um, both small and large, that are starting to really get great at telling their stories, sharing it with distributors so we can tell it to our clients. Fantastic. Fantastic. So one, one more question, and I'm going to ask uh, Christina a little follow-up question here. Um, other than doing this because it's the right thing to do, because it's important to do, um, is there a business case for taking on a B Corp certification, is there a reason? Are you guys doing well business-wise because of that? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't argue yes. Uh, I feel like the connection's a little bit um, buggy right now, so let me know if, if this isn't coming through clear. But, I mean, absolutely. So there's, there's two pieces of the puzzle for Fairware. One is it's who we are. We wouldn't run a company any other way. I could have a company making furniture. I could have a company making almond milk. I could, have, you know, it would look a lot like this. It's who we are, and we know no other way. We're activists. We're leveraging our business to to kind of, you know, drive change, and that's that's what we do in the morning. So it would be hard to imagine, um, you know, not doing it this way. That said, I firmly believe that we are and have been as successful as we have been because of what we do. And I'll give you some good examples. Um, first of all, you know, we're, what, 11, 12 years into our business. We've had three years of 20-plus percent growth each year, so 60-some-odd percent growth in the last three years alone. Um, our margins are, you know, close to 40. Like, like by all the metrics, I think we're successful mm -hmm. in the industry. But you know, some of the more anecdotal metrics, um, you know, again, we're in with a huge beer company yesterday and we didn't call them, mm. you know, they called us, um, thinking about our first year of business being in Sarah's garage with a, a phone cord that we'd spliced her phone cord, her phone in the kitchen. And, you know, we kind of hacked another cord out to the garage and we'd sit down on a card table when we started the company. And I'll remember having calls with some of the brands we still work with, Aveda and Ben and & Jerry's. And, and people, um, in some ways, we grew our business outside of Vancouver first. And, and that's very unique for a small distributor to have, you know, right now a full third of our business is in the U.S. And then about a quarter of our Canadian business is outside of Vancouver. So we have like a really, really significant chunk of our business is outside of our region. And for our size and scale, that I think that's quite unique. And the reason we do is we're different. 
The reason we do is because there's people out there that are looking to do business with people like us. What's mm-hmm. important to us is important to them. And they want to infuse that passion, that interest, that issue into their day-to-day business decisions, into their day-to-day you know, work life, right? Like you don't want to care about something and then, you know, have to pick up the phone and call someone that you don't feel good about or buy product that you don't, you wouldn't buy at home. So it's all about that alignment. And I think that's been really successful for us. And what B Corp has done is enabled us to have a very robust third party certification so that when you Google, you know, sustainable promotional products or green promotional products and you get a page full of stuff, um, there's sort of an authenticity stamp for us that we are the real deal. And uh, it's just about differentiation. Like it's a full, last time I checked, it's probably 25 to 30% of our lead gen comes out of the B Corp movement. We've landed, uh, you know, major, a, a major US NGO called us and said, you know, we're not a B Corp because they're not a company. Obviously we're getting universities and NGOs and the foundations call us and say, we are just going to start working with you because you're a B Corp. We don't have the in-house chops to understand ethical sourcing and sustainable products. We don't have someone on our marketing or events team that can deal, do all that homework. Clearly that's what you guys do for a living. So we're going to start getting our office supplies from a B Corp. We're going to try and find a cleaning company. That's a B Corp. We're going to try and find a caterer. That's a B Corp. And we're just going to find folks and, you're going to be our people. And it's a little bit like, they're just like, oh, oh that was, you know, easier than researching a t-shirt supply chain. Check. Great. And to me, if I'm, if I'm in business, we talk, we talk about you, um, unique value proposition, right? And so it's oftentimes difficult for someone to reconcile what they want to present as their unique value proposition for fear of alienation of the rest of whomever it is they think they're supposed to be doing business with. And in reality, what we're seeing and really what promo cares is a reflection of is when you stop thinking that way and you reverse the paradigm, more often than not, it has a growth effect, not a detriment effect. And it's important for people to understand that you don't necessarily have to shut up shop and say, you know, unless I can make this migration, I'm going to, uh, you know, stop stop doing business. But you have to start thinking about would would what this represents be close enough to you personally as the leadership of the organization to identify it with it in a way that you could get up every morning and be passionate about making calls on people because you believe in what you're doing and you know it's going to benefit those businesses. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think you, uh, I think when you probably come to Fairware, it says, and this is maybe a new tagline for you, but on the door it says Fairware, the real deal. Um, <laughs> right. It actually says Fairware, change makers work here. There yeah, you go. Love nice. it, love nice. it, love it. All right, Christina. Yeah, so Christina, did we miss anything important in relation to the B Corp, the certification, the process? I think maybe there are probably some stats you could share with us, and, and also we haven't talked about cost. I want to cover that so we're transparent there. All right. So I just want to echo or kind of add on to the point of also when you are a B Corp, when you work with B Corps, and when you have promotional products from B Corps, you now have a story. You can actually just show your values that you purchased using your values. And then, then you're showing anyone that you're giving that promotional product to, 
that you have values, right? Like you're telling your story without having to tell your story. Um, before I started my own company, I worked at a B Corp and all of our promotional products were from other B Corps. And that was part of our story. So we had t-shirts that were made locally from organic cotton. And we would tell the story of how that aligned with our values because there's so much cheap products that are made nowadays. And we recognize that the Rana Plaza tragedy happened in Bangladesh. And we want to support a better way of doing business. And we're willing to invest in quality products. And for us, we sometimes one, one thing that was tricky was we were a B Corp insurance company. We were known as a t-shirt people. Mm. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. But, I mean, that's because we had higher quality products. We had the story that mattered. Mm-hmm. And in turn, it helped mm-hmm. drive leads. Um, the other point is, so another point to make is risk management. So by measuring your impact and by measuring all of these different stakeholders, you're actually way more likely to avoid any damaging situation. Um, So the B Corp movement is only for things, not against things, but there have definitely been examples of scandals that have come up in major corporations because people made unethical decisions. And so if you have invested in taking even the free assessment, you know, not even necessarily becoming a B Corp, but showing that purpose matters and that maximizing stakeholder value matters and like measuring your impact matters, then there's a whole lens that you have for your broader employee base to make ethical decisions. So then I want to share some stats on employee engagement. So a big thing about companies with a purpose is that their employees are significantly more engaged. And the reason you should care about that is, according to a Bain and Company um, Harvard Business Review article, productivity among satisfied employees is 100% while engaged employees hit 144%, and then inspired employees actually deliver 225% of productivity. So it's insane the difference between an employee that just shows up to work versus an employee that's inspired by what you do. And then a separate survey conducted by Deloitte found that 73% of employees who feel that they work for a purpose-driven company said that they're engaged whereas only 23% of respondents that don't feel they work for a purpose-driven company are engaged. So Half. 50% higher. Yeah. Crazy. Math major. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have to talk about the fact that this is an investment. Um, I mean, I'm a new business owner, and my husband and I have talked about it, and he's like, how much is this going to cost? And I'm like, it's an investment we have to make. So for it depends on your annual, your, your annual sales. And so it ranges from as little as $500 up to, if you're a massive, massive organization, it can be up to $50,000. But in on bcorporation.net, there is a um, tab for become a B Corp, and you can actually check out like the specific price range for your organization. And it is intended to do on a, to be on a scale because B Lab, so not whenever you actually become certified, you can take the assessment however you want, use it for free. And it's only after you become certified that you talk to B-Lab. So they're the nonprofit behind the B Corp movement. They are amazing. And they will actually go through your assessment and make sure it's accurate. And they essentially consult with you on your impact assessment. They review all of the documents you submit to confirm that you truly are doing what you're saying you're doing. (laughs) I will warn you, typically your score does go down. (laughs) It's slightly (laughs) sad. But they'll sometimes also give you tips on low-hanging fruit to get it back up. And 
if you have a larger, more sophisticated organization, you're probably going to have a little bit more documentation. And so in turn, there's the scale. But it's worth mentioning, they are a nonprofit. Mm. They structured themselves as a nonprofit because they wanted to truly be neutral and they wanted to be trustworthy in that, in that business form. And they are not... They, they are having to find other sources of funding, so they are not getting rich off of these fees. <laughs> awesome. Let's do a, a little – thanks for sharing that. Let's do a little storytelling um, for you, Denise. I'm going to put you on the spot here and see if you can think of a, a situation uh, like the one I'm about to share that we just had with BrainFuel recently. Um, we had a company, a large company, that, um, that contacted us, and there's a substantial uh, – just a litany of opportunity that came in the door from this company. I'd, I'd say it was probably about $75,000 for the spend. It was a nice big order. Came in through our info at. Um, they had done business with us many, many years before, and um, they're a tobacco manufacturer. You know, we're in North Carolina. There's a lot of that. And, um, and so Robert, my business partner, and I had the very quick and, um, and yet powerful and slightly hard at first discussion because – yeah, there's a good chunk of change there, and certainly um, some of our sales reps would love to have an opportunity to make some money. Uh, but it became very clear to us that it was important to say no, um, that we did not want to support you know, lung cancer, um, and that we did not want to be an advocate in any way for marketing their products. And uh, and also a lot of our clients are in the healthcare space, and we've got kids. And so this was it was a fun back and forth, and it's something, a story we're going to share with our team and let them know what we chose and let them know that they work for a company that can and is willing to make a stand. And so I want to ask you, Denise, if you had situations, you must have them all the time where companies want to work with you and you have to look at them and say no. And, and so how do you say no? How do you navigate that? How do you educate them on who you are? Talk to us about some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it does happen, and um, sometimes it happens for Sarah and I as owners. We kind of see something come in or we get approached, and we have a conversation. Sometimes, you know, we miss something, and I have stories on – I have so many stories like this. But, you know, I think that the point is – I love hearing what you just said because I, I really firmly believe that those are the moments that define you as a brand. Um, you've probably had lots of moments as a human that define you as a human, but – it's, it's not as often that you get moments in the business, you know, context that are defining in that way. And, and I think you need to move through some of those to really refine who you are. And, and we've had, you know, our, we've had a similar situation with the World Petroleum Congress. It was during the recession. We were dying. Mm. We needed money back. Like, mm. it wasn't like, oh, we're fine. We can say no. It was yeah. like, we're dying. Like, we're, getting, we're like letting people go. Um, and, you know, it was that moment – and I, I remember saying to Sarah, like, these, these, this is the time when you either become more like your competitors or you become more like yourself. Wow. That's and you need, to cho- you need to choose that, right? And, and so we've done that a lot. We've had instances where, for example, the Salvation Army came to us and Sarah and I are like, oh, that's great. They're doing work with, you know, in the downtown east side, homeless people. And, we, and we, we have morning meeting and we tell everybody, oh, the Salvation Army called. And our staff are like, what? We can't meet with them. And we're like, why? And they're like, they're super homophobic, you know? It's uh-huh. like you guys are being bad gays. Like, we can't go meet with them. And so we told Salvation Army, oh, we had a little, you know, mini mutiny at morning meeting over meeting with you, and this is why. Mm. Can we talk about this? And they said, actually, most of our main sponsors, like almost all of our corporate sponsors are asking us about this. You're the first vendor 
or supplier that's mm. ever asked us about this, yeah, let's have a conversation. So um, it is part of the discourse here. Um, happened this morning. You know, like Sarah's like, oh, I met somebody at an event last night and had a great conversation with them, but this is their sector. And it's not how we say no. Um, it's pretty funny, Danny, because it's a little bit like, turning somebody who's asked you to the prom down like if you sort of feel like you're breaking up it's awkward and it's a little bit you know sweaty palms like oh no I gotta say no but generally the way we frame it is kind of we know what side our bread is buttered on so for us if it's extractives like oil and gas is the big one that we say no to we say we work with the nature conservancy we work with a lot of um corporations like patagonia that are actively funding activities against you we work with greenpeace and forest ethics so like we are the people that your opposition comes to for their merch and we can't in good conscience you know, take money from you and from them, like it's, it's not the right thing to do. So we often frame it with, this is our core, this is our sector, um, in that way. And I think people get it. Uh, we've certainly had people come back and kind of knock on our door a couple of times and say, come on, really? Like, you're cute. We really want to go out. You know, like, sort of okay, that. here's your checklist. If you can complete all of these things on the checklist and come back to me with a completed checklist, then we can talk. Yeah. yeah and even then, like, we had a, a, a liquid um, petroleum gas port in BC and, and, you know, they came back and said, Oh, we, we've cleared our environmental assessment. Like maybe we can work together now. And it's like, no, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's really about the brand affinity and who, who we are and um, what our client list means to us. And, and it's really like, whose fight do you want to fight? And, and we're a really political brand and not everyone in our industry is going to get to the place we're at. But I tell you, our clients love it. Like when we get to go back to folks like, mm-hmm you know, Greenpeace or Patagonia and say, we just said no, they, they know we're their people. Um, and that's, that's how we've defined our company and it's been working for us. And, you know, we're kind of, we're sticking to it. Yeah. 20% a year for three years. <laughs> Might as well keep going. Yeah. It's, it's paying off. Well, those are, those are really good, um, stories and scenarios about, about staying true to who you are. Uh, even when, when there's money on the line, um, I, I can hear the roar of the crowd and the clapping uh, through the podcast for that. Great, great comments. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about cause marketing um, and what you see in regards to cause marketing. I have a sense that consumers don't necessarily trust corporations. And so do you see cause marketing as a, um, as a fad uh, or a trend? Um, you know, I see some of it being connected to, um, you know, finding the right, uh, people and retaining them when, when done pro- properly. I think of the promo cares movement, this initiative we're talking about, how do we teach distributors and suppliers about how to do it, uh, through our businesses, but also to connect with businesses that are invested in cause marketing. And so I, I think like promo cares has this awesome opportunity possibly to align with cause marketing um, and our customers who are really doing it for the right reasons. Um, and, and so how, like how can how can the promotional products industry be a little bit more involved in, in adding uh, you know fifth P to, to marketing the, the purpose uh, in, in life? What are your thoughts around that? Christina, do you want to start on that one? <laughs> you know, so I was thinking about that because there is something to be said about, I think consumers can tell when it's fluff. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There are major corporations that have given millions, probably even billions of dollars to nonprofits. And that's wonderful. Um, just like another example is 
So Walmart. I mean, Walmart, very controversial, but Walmart is one basically created the LED industry and drove down costs in LED light bulbs in a way that probably no other organization could in the world. And yet they don't take care of their workers, right? There's issues with Walmart on ruining Walmart ruins Main Street, right? So as an entire organization, because they're all about the, being the lowest price provider, while they've done things to change the world, they've also done really damaging things. And so when I think about cause marketing, I, I just encourage you to think about what is the entire picture? Like what is, when you're looking at how you operate as a business, how are you really thinking about all stakeholders and, and how can you be authentic in who you are as a business not just what kind of campaign should we do this year? Like what partnerships make sense? Like what is truly brand aligned? There's some like hilarious tradition, like examples of brand mark or cause marketing that went like horribly wrong. Wasn't it like the Kentucky fried chicken breast campaign? Mm -hmm. Does anyone yes. remember yes. this one? Bad. <laughs> it's not, just not, not good. Not it's like good. not aligned. <laughs> no. Doesn't make sense. It was breast cancer and it, mm -hmm. yeah. Not good. <laughs> you know, I do think there's a huge opportunity in the context of we are an industry of creatives. We are so good at what we do as a collective in terms of moving the dial on people being aware of things, of campaigns. Like we're marketers, and you know, we can help move the dial on people being aware of of relevant things that mean nothing and are not moving our world in, in a better direction or you know we can align and and use some of our chops to drive forward important causes whether they're health related or environmental related and that's where i think people's individual passions come in um, but giving the industry the skills to understand you know what that is how that looks is it you look at the ad agency um, world there's a deep culture of pro bono work Right. This idea that you take a nonprofit every two or three years and you put a team on it and they like kick out it just like quality creative and help move that cause that could be a little nonprofit, could be a huge nonprofit, move it forward, professionalize the output. Could we, is that a, a promo cares model, you know, where you just say we're going to like essentially it's like having a makeover. We're going to give you a little makeover because you're giving away knickknacks and we're going to just help you bring strategy and campaign and boom. So I think that there's a huge role to play um, to your point is you have to be careful because you can't launch into cause marketing and that be it like the, the world has changed. People, you're one Google search away from people recognizing that your great cause marketing campaign is built on a house of cards. Like you can't go out and um, decide you're going to do an amazing campaign for like Latina home workers and their, you know, some worker rights, you know, initiative in your community or like agriculture workers in, in California, and then find out that you're not paying your own staff a living wage or you're mm -hmm. not, you know what I mean? You've got, there's gotta be, it's gotta be built on a foundation where you kind of have some element of your own house in order. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I think that's where, I mean, that's where you get, you know, tobacco companies donating, you know, millions of dollars to, you know, a charity and like, that's just not good. Like the fundamental business model is not bending the arc to justice. Mm -hmm. Their fundamental business model is bending the arc to, you know, death and despair and cancer. So, you know, it's like those disconnects, 
I think are becoming more and more obvious to consumers, whether they're B2B buyers or they're B2C buyers. And so while I think there's a role to play, I don't think we can be naive as an industry to say, you know, you know, we, we're just doing this like philanthropic venture and we're still selling stuff out the back door that, you know, is, is fueling our, you know, fueling our business, but we're not asking questions about. So I, I do think, you know, it's like us people, we see people come into the market and, and, and compete against us with green products. And some of them do it very, very well. And they're awesome businesses. And some folks are like, no, we've got green products too. And, but you can't really sit down with a sophisticated buyer in this space. Um, it's kind of like me trying to sell something to the Tar Heels fan. Like, I don't know. They're going to know that in about three seconds. That I like don't even know where really North Carolina is. Right? So, <laughs> you know, it's like you've got to have some legitimacy and authenticity before you launch into campaigns like that. But I think there's a huge opportunity for our industry, especially if we could align it up a little bit. I think a more cohesive collective impact would be uh, kind of a hopeful act for our industry. Yeah, that's great. Um, And and so rounding the corner, the last question for you, Christine, will be about just final thoughts around B Corp initiatives. And B in B Corp stands for benefit, right? Which a lot of people don't know, but makes sense. Um, I I just think I want to say one thing about Promo Cares and, um, and sort of where that's headed. There's a lot of great people like you, Denise, who are invested, involved in trying to help us you know, with this initiative, and and um, and I do think all that you said is so important. Uh, and and but maybe it starts with some action. You're not just talking about this stuff, but getting your teams together and saying what's important to you, what's important to us as a company. How can we get more invested in supply chain management or our local community, or how can we leverage the the clearance products that we have to do something good with that? Um, you know, just simple things. I think starting with something uh, and leaning into it as much as you possibly can. Uh, I love the fact that uh, Distributor Central, uh, David Schultz is one of the leaders in the in our group, um, and uh, Sage, uh, they have uh, both signed on right now to create um, product search around, um, you know, the Promo Cares initiatives where you can find products connected to social innovation projects. And you will soon be able to search based on things that matter to you. So if you're selling to a pet care company, um, maybe you can find products where there's a percentage of dollars donated to um, uh, SBCA, for example. And, and so that's exciting. We're hoping that ESP will join us in the near term. Uh, but so far, we've got two signed up. And this is um, exciting because this is the way that right now people shop. They shop through product. Um, we hope that that changes to search uh, by purpose. And I think Promo Cares is going to breathe some life into that. So um, I want to thank you, Denise, for being so invested and involved joining us today. And rounding the corner here, Christina, tell us, like, any final thoughts, encouragement, inspiration, um, you know, red flags again, anything? <laughs> yes. Okay. So if you're feeling inspired, or even if you're not, I, I would like to guilt you into taking the first <laughs> step. And, and the first step really is to start measuring what matters. And this does not have to be a huge commitment. So there on theimpactassessment.net, there's actually a quick impact assessment, and it only takes 30 minutes. Is it free? Is yes, it it's all free. Okay. All of the B Impact Assessment, the full version and the quick version, are free. And so you, these are free tools and resources so you can measure what matters. Yeah, we'll try to embed a link in the notes awesome. so that people can bounce out to that. Yeah, and so I would start there. Like, just take that snapshot look. Like, and hopefully, and have a team on it. Like, don't just be the one person that takes a quick back to assessment. Like, get your leadership team on it. 
and then talk about what you learned. Like, were there any key takeaways? Or And then maybe you pick one thing that you want to work on this year. Um, I was recently interviewing a B Corp champion, and they had a very traditional business model. They actually ran a co-working space, and it took them two and a half years to get B Corp certified. And we talked about change, and change takes time. Like, you know, she kind of laughed because she was she's very type A. She's the kind of person that gets that moves mountains in ways that I've never seen before. And even with them, sometimes they realized they like had the list of the ten things that needed to get done, but real systemic change is going to take little incremental improvements where maybe you put a policy in that's going to support your employees or maybe you do an environmental audit or maybe you just implement a supplier questionnaire and you start with that like have the quick impact assessment set one goal and start there and then later on we hope that you'll get inspired enough to seriously consider becoming part of the b corp movement um, as Denise mentioned, it's the most inspiring crowd of people I've met in my life. I have, I am so passionate about this idea that social enterprise truly is the future. It's people in the millennial generation. I mean, millennials, everyone rolls their eyes when they think about millennials, but millennials want purpose. And actually, in many ways, we're demanding it. And before you know it, we're going to be the consumers of the world and we're going to invest with our dollars. And even as a scrappy business owner myself, like I've spent more money on a B Corp business card. And I'm convinced that when I make those strategic investments, that people are then going to want to work with me because they know I vote with my dollars, I live my values, and in turn, you can trust me as an organization to truly want to serve you. So, yeah, no, that's, I thank you because (laughs) what you just said. Danny, I, Denise, as many people in this industry as humanly possible are trying to convince the distributor salespeople that what you just said is true. Mm. So the fact that you're you're giving us this opportunity to use that as the final word is going to make it so that I'm just going to say thank you for saying that. No. <laughs> and, and we really can't close it any better than that. This has been so enlightening. It has been super informational. I love the fact that we were able to come at it from this many different angles and I'm hoping and praying that we get some response from the community and I suspect that we will. I'm really interested, Denise, to see if we can search the corners of the industry to find where all the B Corp promo distributors are at and see if we can't start a community there to help um, build these bridges between promo cares and those people who are already there. So I'm super excited to uh, close this out and go figure out where those people are at. So I can't thank all of you enough and we will close this out until next time. Thanks, Thanks. everybody. All right. Thanks. Guys.